So, I feel like I have to say, this week, I've been coerced. Mm. I've been coerced into declaring my love for Cherie Calico Roman, who is one of the co-founders of the Polycultural Diversity Alliance and the Black Poly Pride event and the Black Poly Pride Are Black People Allowed Online events. I was told that I was trying to hide our love. And so I am taking this top of the show to declare that is not true. And everyone needs to know that there is love. And it's not a secret lover shit. This is like real love. Oh, oh my. And <laughs> for everyone who is in the BPR Facebook group, you know what this is about. <laughs> and that's why I'm taking this time. Like I said, it's here. Top of the show. No secret lover shit. Me, Sheree Calica Roman. Much love between the two of us. Just. I things just. with my hands mm-hmm. that you guys can't see. Just a, a lot of hard signs. A lot of the, the scandal right from the top of the show, huh? <laughs> yep, right Not here. The bang, I mean, like, oh wow, mix up. To be fair though, uh-huh. like the rest of the show is also not like the whole thing, but parts of the interview that we're going to show later or yeah. show it, you know, are kind of scandalous. I'm going to show it in sure your ears. Yeah. Oh, oh. With um the orgasm conversation. So. Oh yeah, that did happen. Oh boy. Yeah, this is a spicy <laughs> yeah. one. It it already starts raw when you get into that bit. So I figure just keep it going. Just keep the whole vibe going throughout the whole thing. Uh, I'm in support of this, you know. So from the top, <laughs> start off with some spice. A little bit of uh, learning in between. And then yeah, mm-hmm. more spice again. Yeah, more spice again. Um, so let's see what's happening this week in poly newsy stuff, right? I've devoted this, uh, you know, time to talking about my love for Sheree. Yeah. And a lot of other things have happened. Shot from the mountaintops. Week. <laughs> um, there's a lot of articles that came out. Um, there was like some ask me thing on Autostraddle where a uh, mono person asked if it was unfair for them to stop their poly roommate from seeing their partners. That was a whole thing. But you know what? I have too many thoughts about that. I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah, that could be its own thing. <laughs> That could be its whole own thing. And then um, another thing that I saw in um, podcaster world is there is some stuff happening. Some stuff. Um, some stuff happening in the stratosphere. People catching COVID. Oh, dear. And, um, still swinging. Oh. And, um, mm. There's some resort drama. There's NDAs and cease and desist orders. There's, there's all sorts of shit going on. Um, so what I have to say about that is that... Everyone just needs to be practicing safe sex. And safe sex means condoms, masks. <laughs> I don't I don't even know what it looks like these days. Like how how do you have sex safely in COVID times? Because it's not just worrying about catching the pregnant. Like yeah. catching the COVID. <laughs> it's like, like a brand new thing you can catch. Like imagine that. Yeah. Man, I don't even know what safe sex looks like right now. You mm-hmm. have to do the NBA way and just like make your own little bubble. Right, you make your own little bubble. Um, gather yeah, all your partners. Gather all your partners in a bubble. Y'all just live in this bubble forever. No one works. No one goes to school. We're just here in this bubble, in this space. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of risk out there. I mean, even just like going to the store and all sorts of stuff. But um, I have, you know, re-virginized in this time period. I have decided oh, I do to... Now. <laughs> I have re-virginized. I've decided to regrow the farm. Uh, you know, there's some wheat fields. There's tumbleweeds. There's like... 
the barn door is closed. There's nothing getting in or out. It's just, ah, you know. See, is that how that works? I've reversionized myself. Um, and so I'm currently not hooking up with anyone in person. Um, oh. And it's going to yeah. stay that way, I think, for a minute. Just until I'm kind of like, because I mean, I'd have to like quarantine, I'd have to get tested and then quarantine and wait for the results. And then like, you know, they have to get tested. But we're talking about Rona. We're not talking about, you know, general SCD, SDI tests, which also should be done regularly yeah. anyway. But yeah, just kind of, you know. <laughs> we'll, so much, we'll so much work for a booty call. <laughs> right? It is too much work for a booty call. Like, and you can't, you can't six feet apart fuck in person. That's not how that works. That I mean, mutual separation, I guess. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you need, like, a six-foot-long fucking... Actually, a seven-foot-long dildo. Because right, yeah. you need this on either end to actually... You know what? This is too technical. I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Has anyone done that yet? I'm going to have to go do some searches later. It was like, all right, if you get a seven-foot-long dildo, like a double-sided dildo, is that does that count? Are you social distancing? I mean, technically, if you only have to stay six feet apart, then it does count. (laughs) Does everyone get six inches on their side? Yeah, what what does that even look like? Damn. I don't know. I feel like we need to have our artist friend draw that up for us. Like, here is a seven-foot-long dildo, and here's what it would look like for you guys to use it. I think if we told him to draw that, we would no longer have an artist friend. We would have an artist ex-friend. No, I think he'll be our friend anyway. Uh, You know what? Ask him. I'm gonna ask him. Don't. And if he does it, if he does it in time for this episode, okay. Oh, the show notes. Sounds like a bad sure. idea. You know, everyone just use your imaginations. Just think about it, and you're welcome <laughs> for that image that we've brought to you now. Yes, brought to you by Jen and Sham, the monogamous duo. <laughs> I don't know if I want my name on this. I don't know. Like I, I did a whole hand thing with that too. Like you know, the shooting star yeah. motion. A lot of hand motions going on today. Yeah, a lot of hand motions. Yeah, that's all we got. All we got is our hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what else I want to talk about before we dive into stuff? What's that? Wop. 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 Oh. Wet wop. Ass pussy. Yeah. Damn. Or, or that, that, yeah. So this will be about like a week or a little over a week from I mean, Not like, even a full week. No, it's like the song just. It does come out like three days. Okay, so just so you guys know, I'm going to be honest here. We're recording this on Friday. The episode drops on Wednesday. So it's only been a couple of days. I'm thinking it's like, but it came out Thursday night, didn't it? Yeah, like the video, but the video came oh, out. Oh, the song came out before that. All right, fair enough. Yeah, so it's like, wow. Yeah, it just came out. It's only, it's only been like three or four days. Wait, I, am I doing math right? No, it's been like five days. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not smart right now, but the point is that... But you still wow. get that ring, just like Cardi. That's right, still getting that ring. Don't, I'm don't not cook, you don't clean, you don't do math. I'm here for that wet and gushy. That, that's what that's about. How about that? Yeah, that's um, uh, definitely worth a watch, a listen. To, mm, this, is a, this is a moment, yeah. a moment in time. Yeah, this, this is a moment in history right now. I feel like we need to just remember this. It's like when... Cardi and uh, City Girls did that twerk video. Oh, yes. Where, like that, that was a moment in history and time. I think Cardi is just, Cardi and Meg are like making these moments. Like yeah. when you really think about it. I feel like this was like a long time coming because they've both been, you know, killing it in the the game as far as, you know, doing their thing. And for the longest while, I've just been like, yo, when are they going to 
come together. It's going to be something special. And so said, so done. It is definitely something special, Gato. Whole world talking about it. Some people oh, are yes. mad and we're happy they're mad because they got to be mad because, yeah, this is yeah. too good. Stay mad, hoes. Stay mad. <laughs> and while we have talked about the wet and gushy, we should take it to serious stuff. Super, super serious business. Um, well, it's not really serious, but um, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, we're on altplayground.net. Yeah, so our friends on altplayground. Premier lifestyle website doing the thing, right? And so they have great features on Alt Playground, like communities. Um, so we have a community for our podcast. I post lots of naked photos on there. Well, not like naked, just like tastefully. I was going to say, like, am I missing You can't post on Instagram. Like, oh, fair enough. I, yeah. And I mean, and Patreon has like their weird rules and stuff, but you know, all playground, it's all about that sexy connection. And I mean, we're, we're podcasters, so we have a community and I do that stuff in there, but I also post important things and I ask questions and I share mm-hmm. our episodes and, you know, clubs and events, they also will have communities as well. So you can keep up with the lifestyle happenings that are, well, not really many club happenings right now, but you know what I'm talking about. Virtual club happenings on, you know. Yeah, virtual events, whatever. They have communities. They share their information there at allplayground.net. And what else do they have at allplayground.net, which is relevant to this episode, Jen? What could that be? I mean, in this episode, we discuss, I don't know, conferences. And, you know, Allplayground is a great place to have conferences. You know, if you want a little bit of a little bit of learning with your non-monogamous son, which could be a description of this whole podcast. But Alt Playground has a whole new section just for conferences. Yes, you can check out altplayground.net where you can start your sexy adventure, find things out, learn about some stuff with conferences, check out our community. Yeah, come talk like. to us on Alt Playground. That's right, altplayground.net. But um, yeah, I don't know what that would be. I don't know how we got there. But yeah. Thanks again. But uh, that, yep. Yeah, once again, that's a wrap. Oh wait, we did not do the thing. You guys have to like remind me to do oh, the thing. Have the thing. I'll figure out. Thanks. I'll figure out. And then yeah. from there we go. I'm Jen. Good job. I'm Sham. And we're monogamous. Almost. I think. talk to Ruby Bowie Johnson, who is the founder and uh, co-organizer this year of Clyde Dallas Millennium. Uh, we talked to her yeah. about, you know, her life and non-monogamy, how she came into the non-monogamous community, how she came into the kinky community, um, her work as a sex therapist, and a little bit about Holly Dallas Millennium. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We go through a, a, a pretty, like, she's like a veteran in this game. So we go through some some real, as we said before, there's some scandalous stories, but some fun, the fun kind of scandalous, you know, it's, it's a, uh, yeah. it's a fun scandal. It's good. Yeah. We go through like her past, we go through like how she's, how she, you know, how they're working out the whole 
Polydanos Millennium thing now and so on, which I, I believe, do we discuss that now? Uh, well, I mean, we can. I can tell you in advance that Polydanos Millennium is going to be online this year, November 6th through the 8th. Regular tickets go on sale on the 15th. We will put, yeah. you know, more information about that and where to find Ruby, et cetera, in our show notes. So you guys don't have to worry as much. Yeah, you you know I got you. Like, I try to pretend like it's not me writing them. but As always, we all know you know the show I notes got you. And by the show notes, I mean so. Jen. You know Jen got you. It's okay. It's fine. But yes, without further ado, here's Ruby and Jen and Jen. What's your passion? Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> I just want you to... to Say a bit about yourself. Um, well, professionally, I'm a sex therapist and an educator. I've been a therapist for 19 years. Um, I've been a sex therapist for like the last seven years. Uh, my specialty is non-monogamy, primarily polyamorous relationships, kink BDSM. Um, that's me professionally. I like to write, research, all that good stuff. Um, my passion want to know my passion my passion is painting i love to paint um another passion i have is orgasms i like to feel the texture of them the number (laughs) i'm playing jen oh no no keep going i was really excited for a second i was like tell me more about the passionate orgasms (laughs) same yeah i'm very interested now Well, there's a so you know, you have your clitoral orgasms. You have the orgasms that you can get just from nipples and kissing on your nipples. It's just some are more body waves. Some are a little more pulsating. You know, I just like the different types of orgasms that you can get. And I like the aftermath. It's like taking a Xanax. It's all relaxed. Ooh, that's true. Orgasms do make you relaxed. So that's why I'm kind of relaxed right now. (laughs) <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Now we know what's really going on. <laughs> so your passions are painting and orgasms. You do all this great stuff. Uh, you actually wrote the foreword for uh, Love's Not Colorblind, correct? Yes. Kevin's book. No, oh, Love's Not Colorblind. Absolutely. I wrote that foreword. I was um, asked by the publisher for the book to write the foreword. And I have never written a foreword you know, I'm one of those people, I barely read forwards, you know, you know, when I get the books or anything. So I went forth and I researched different types of forwards and I was like, well, I'm just going to give a soul food forward. And that's what I gave. I talked about food. I love food. And my mom's like, when you love somebody, you feed them. So, yeah, I love the book. I love Kevin's work. I love the community um, solution focused aspect of it so yeah it was a it was a true honor true honor kevin patterson is the shit i love him we love him too it was really (laughs) it was a really good forward because i mean of course i kevin's book was on my list of books to read about non-monogamy and polyamory so when i was like oh shit yeah i gotta get this book so i got it and i was like so i think it's the first time i ever saw your name written down that I remember in the uh-huh. forward of this book. And I was like, okay, Ruby Louie Johnson, all right. Dropping some gems in this thing. Yeah, so, so what other writing do you do? Well, I've um, I've done articles. I was a contributor for HuffPo for about a year. Um, I've done an interview for 
Playboy. I've written for Women's Health. Um, so I've written articles. I do blogs. Um, I write research articles. And so, I mean, the type of writing I do is from the academic down to just person on the street, right? Just anybody. Um, and I love to write. My favorite thing to do, of course, is to write about polyamory and the truth about it. You know, all of the bullshit that people say that you're supposed to be, you know, that you're not good at poly stuff. I like to write about, you know, insecurity, narcissism and polyamory, just all of that. And I also like to write, you know, about the aspect people think that you can't be as sexually free as you want to be in polyamory. You know, I like to write about people wanting to put this holy grail lens onto what polyamory looks like. So, yeah. And I'm going to actually start blogging again because it's our fifth anniversary for Poly Dallas. So I'm going to start doing some updated blogs. So, yeah, those are the kinds of things that I, I like to write about. I want to write some erotica one day. So. And I would read it. <laughs> yeah, we look forward to these new blogs because, yeah. Of what? So we look forward to all these new blogs because all those topics you just mentioned were just gold already. So, you know. I like Shane. <laughs> See, he's so nice, right? This is yeah, why I have him around. He's, he's, so, he's so affirming. You know, he, he, I just like, you'll be a good therapist. Oh, really? Well, thank you. You know. Jen, <laughs> well, Jen's already the smart one and the funny one and the right one. So I got, I got to do something over here. So, you know. Well, you have, the great, you have the great voice, that the baritone oh. in the voice. Why, thank you. You walk. See, and you feel that everywhere, don't you? Don't you just oh, feel yeah. it that like, come through the microphone? Oh, <laughs> I, trust me. I, I feel it. I've, I've seen it and felt it in real life. Trust me. I'm, oh. I'm all with it. Oh, really? Oh, well, really? I'm getting spicy over here already. <laughs> Shav and, and I have been friends for years. Like, like five is. minutes into, what was it? We started with Passion for Orgasms? Yeah. Yeah, we started right away with that. We just came in with the quickness. This is not like other interviews, guys. This is this is where it's at. Yeah. So let's see. We, we talked. It. We we're good. I mean, we're having a great time. It's just it's a holiday for white people, so you know. I do not celebrate Independence Day. I'll say it to America. I don't care. It's an excuse to eat barbecue at my mama's house. I mean, I'm at, my, I'm at my daddy's right now, so that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, Take I, I was, excuse you can get. I was having this conversation with a client earlier because um, he's a nurse, and I was like, so how are you enjoying your holiday? He says, what holiday? I said, he says, it just seems inappropriate to say this is Independence Day today. I'm like, it is inappropriate. Yes, you're absolutely right. I said, so how are you going to celebrate your, your holiday today? He says, I know I'm in therapy, but I'm having my Captain Morgan's, I think that's what he was calling me. Is that what it is? Captain Morgan's and Coke or something that he was having. Oh yeah. That sounds about right. That's pretty pretty common drink. Yeah. I just I just love my clients. But yeah, I was having that uh, discussion earlier today because me personally, you know, I've struggled with the fourth of July for a long, long time. Um, but in this current environment, it just seems we got to do something different other than pop somebody's firework. That's it. If you're not too careful, you go out there and, and pop the fireworks and the police think you're shooting, 
Oh, listen, right? It's a whole thing. I've been hearing what sounds like gunshots all damn day, and it's just fucking fireworks. It's pissing me off. But you know what? We we, we roll with it. I mean, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do know. I do? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's see. I'm dominating this conversation. It's kind of like we're in like the hot seat. You're in the hot seat, Ruby. Okay, I'm so ready. Just, okay. So I want to ask you. Oh, no. Are you ready? I'm ready. Tell us about your journey into polyamory. I knew that question was coming. I hate that question. You know, I hate that question. You want to know why I hate it? It's, yeah. It's, it's so complex. You know, it involves all of these people, all of these communities. Um, so do you want the long version or the short version? I don't know, Sham, what do you think? It depends. How long is the long version? 10 minutes. Short version is like three. Right. <laughs> um, it's like like if we get if I say the short version, I'm gonna be curious what's in the long version that we're missing out. Okay, what do you say we start short, and if we have more questions, we make her do the long one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that works. Okay, short version, go. Time on the clock, three minutes. That's kind of like someone saying, "Well, I'm just gonna put the tip in, but if it feels good, go all the way in." Exactly. That's exactly what I'm referring to. So slide the chip in. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. So this was like in, in 2010 or something like that. Um, I was just out of a relationship and I decided to start dating. And so I, I met this guy at a hospital that I worked at. He was like 10, 12 years younger than me. Um, and I was like, what the fuck? And so I was like, do you want to go out? Because we kind of flirted back and forth for a couple of times. And so he said, sure. So we went out and we went out on a few dates. And so somewhere along the way in those few dates, he says, well, you know, I'm polyamorous. I didn't know what the hell that, we don't use the word polyamorous in my world. And so all I heard was polyamorous and I was thinking polygamy. I'm like, so what? I, I didn't understand what he meant. And so he was uh, telling me that he dates all of these um, these different people. And so I come from a history to where there was a whole lot of cheating, a whole lot of infidelity, and a whole lot of hurt feelings. And so that's all I heard him say as he was listing these things that he was doing. And I'm like, um, I don't know. I said, I'll, I'll try. In my mind, I was thinking, I just need to put him on a real, put it on him. And, you know, he'll change his mind and he won't want anybody else. That didn't work. So it was like six months of what the hell. Um, so that relationship imploded. However, I was still intrigued by the idea. And so I was curious and I had met all of these people. And so I decided to go on my own journey, my own investigation, do whatever I needed to do so I can get a better understanding and do it on my own terms. So I started on FetLife. Now, I had never even heard of Fet Life until I met this guy. And so he introduced me to the concepts of BDSM, even though I was doing BDSM, but I had no idea that I was doing BDSM. And so he was a switch, which means he's like top and bottom. And so we were playing around with that stuff, and I created a profile on FetLife, and then I started just 
searching polyamory. And then I hooked up with this, uh, not hooked up, I saw this profile of this guy and he called himself the professor. So in my very limited thing, I'm thinking you're on FetLife calling yourself the professor, that means you are a professor. He had this CV up there, but it was all like kink related and stuff. I didn't realize it was a joke. So <laughs> it wasn't a joke. I mean, it was a joke and I didn't realize that it was, but I thought he was God. I'm like, oh, you are the poly person. And so he started introducing me to all of these people. And so my first segue into polyamory was through this got like true polyamory to where I was invested and curious about it was with this guy. He was a white dude and he was introducing me to all of his white friends. And I didn't realize that I was the chocolate prize. If you get oh. what so kind of the token of the group, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Mm, and so I, I didn't realize that this was what was going on, and it was a whole lot of fascination with me. Um, I would go into spaces, and I would be one of maybe two black people in the room. And so my entryway into it was being, like, fetishized. Didn't realize fully that's what it was back in 2010. However, what I did find was the kink piece of it, the BDSM piece of it. If that part hadn't been there, I probably wouldn't have explored polyamory as far as I did. And so a big piece of my story is that it includes the BDSM aspect of it. And so I met more people, started doing more things. This is when, you know, interacting more. Um, I met my spouse. In the polyamory committee, about two years in, I met my spouse, and after meeting, marrying my spouse, that's when Poly Dallas Millennium started, and then that's when my whole world opened up beyond this little small community here in Dallas that I was connected to at that time. It wasn't the Black and Poly crowd that I know now; it was predominantly white people. So, after Poly Dallas started was when I started meeting more people that looked like me. And that's when it, I really kind of got it into my skin and I started having those moments of, of liberation and meeting new people um, that I was truly engaged with and had some, some commonality. It wasn't just a novice collecting information. I was actually experiencing and living polyamory. And so that's my segue into it. And along the way, of course, I've tried going to swing clubs, I've done sex parties, I've done all of that stuff. But then I found out that it's not just about sex, you know, and um, my maturity kind of happened within the black and poly world. So, is that 10 wow. minutes? <laughs> uh, were we even keeping time? I don't know. I was just like wrapped up in the story the whole time. <laughs> I was not timing it. I was lying. So there's that. <laughs> You've lived quite the life, from what we're hearing. <laughs> I like the fact that you were in the situation where, you know, you were the one black girl, and then it's like you almost made your own black space because you needed one. Yeah, I had to, I had to create something. I had to create something. Um, this is not, see, to me, one of the struggles that I have experienced within the poly world, 
more back then, a lot less now. I, I do want to say that, but more like about you know ten years ago, when I first started on this journey, was that it wasn't as as many online groups. It wasn't as many um, people that were visible that looked like me, and it was all word of mouth. So it did, your world and your community was built upon who you associated with, and unless you went out and made a concerted effort to find someone else, more people, you would stay stuck in that particular community. Um, and that's how I found the Black and Poly community, period. Because I started Poly Dallas, and then I started meeting people, um, and it was through the, uh, the trans community, getting them all within the trans community, uh, the queer community, that I actually got into Dallas, the DFW Polyam and Black. And then when I got into DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth, Polyam and Black, then I met uh, Black and Poly, Dallas chapter person, Sharita. So it was just, it was all kind of a snowball effect. Just, you had to meet. So. No. I get you. I understand. But I mean, it's a very good journey, I think. And good is probably the wrong word to use here because my words are not working. But um, yeah, no, it's an interesting journey. And it's, yeah, it's good. You made that space for yourself, like Sham said, and then you got involved with the Black community in that <clears throat> way through. And I just think it's dope. Yeah. Because like you said, 10 years ago, there weren't that many. Like, I mean, we knew about swingers, but like mm -hmm. no one was really polyamorous online. Right. So mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. I feel that. I understand that. Yeah, and you know, and someone that I met along the way also that helped partially somewhat with that journey is Ron Young um, with Black and Poly, that the big Black and Poly group. And so meeting him also helped set the stage for me of starting to do some of the writing because he was like, we don't have very many black voices that are doing writing around polyamory. And so that was a good introduction there. But, you know, when I asked people, so give me some other black people who are in the poly world, they, back then it was mostly Ron Young. Around the time I started coming out, Kevin Patterson started coming out. So we were we came out kind of simultaneously in that same time frame. Like, I think he was like 2015, 2014, 2015 when he started getting real visible, and that's when I became a sex therapist at that time. And so it was kind of like, where are all the black people at? You know, we have that going with Black Poly Pride right now. Is that we're out there? Yeah. The thing is, your ass got to open your eyes and see, and I needed to see. You know, I knew it was more than just Ron Young. I knew it was more than a few people um, that I met here and there. What it turned out to be, as I got more into this community, is that a lot of the folks that I have met, I found out on the back end that they are in open relationships or polyamorous, but they don't lead with that. They don't lead with, I'm poly. Oh, and I'm black, and I'm a sex educator, and I'm, a, I'm, and I'm this. You know, it's a need to know basis within a relationship. Yeah. Like, why are you all up in my in my personal life? You know, I mean, that's definitely a black people thing, though. White people nosy as fuck. Right. <laughs> you have to 
you, you know, my my personal self, it's a gift when I give it to you, you know, because I can give it, give it to you all willy-nilly, and then you don't know how to handle it, and then I get pissed off because you mistreat me in some type of way. So, yeah. Now, so that, that is gift. Yeah. But now, you know, my story is on all these podcasts. Yeah, because I know we're not your first podcast. You've been in this game for a minute. You're on many podcasts. Like, all you have to do is just search your name, I think, on, like, Apple Podcasts, and your, your name will pop up with a whole bunch of different ones. You're going to be that way soon, too, Sham and uh, Jen with Monogamish. Happy to join the free. So <laughs> yeah, we're going to hopefully be there soon. Uh, so let's, I want to backtrack a little bit to talk about your, you said you're a part of the queer and trans community. Are you open to talking about your sexuality on this podcast? I just talked about I like orgasms, so yeah. I mean, I don't know. Some people some people think orgasm, orgasms are normal. Everyone should have them, whether they do or not. It's a whole separate thing. You know, but sexuality, some people can be think is a very private thing. So I like to ask. Yeah, yeah. I'm open about talking about um, sex, period. Sexual expression, sexual identity. Yeah. Bring it on. Okay, so um, <laughs> what 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 would you say is your sexual orientation at this point in time, this minute, this second of this day? Jen, <laughs> <laughs> you said we have another Jen sexual in the midst. There we go. No, the numbers I'm, are growing. I am. I'm queer. Yeah, I, I identify as queer. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Let's see. And what type what? of poly do you practice? Say one more time. What type of poly do you practice? What what type of poly do I? I yeah, practice? I mean, I, I, I say type, you know, because people talk about kitchen table poly and hierarchical and egalitarian and solo and rolling joints poly, you know, whatever whatever all the terms are these days. Um, I would say that I am in an ideological tussle. tussle with RA and solo. Solo polyamory and relationship anarchy. I say that I'm I got that tussle going on because the pandemic has brought in a whole lot of questions for me as a result of. So yeah, that's what it is. But I don't I can't do hierarchical at all. I, I can't. I can't. It's just I, I see I see I know too much to know that I know it would not work to have someone have primacy over me. I'm too much of a a dominant. <laughs> and I'm the only primacy in my life. <laughs> yeah, I get it. You know, sometimes it's hard to even have to try and either be ranked above or even even to say like, hey, I rank above you. It's not for everybody. So yeah, I guess. Or someone's below, you know, just the language primary, secondary is, it's, you know, bothersome to me. And the, the idea of limited consent when it comes to the person who's in the um, secondary relationship uh, position, just the, the, dis, the inherent disenfranchisement, oppression, marginalization. I mean, all of you, all of those things that are antithesis to who I am as a, a black woman is, is problematic for me. Now that's me, 
in my belief system. Um, I work with clients all the time who are in hierarchical relationships and they say, well, how can we make this work, etc. And you know, there's a whole lot of questions you ask yourself um, about how, how this is going to work and the what ifs and all of that. Um, and if you're living with someone, it's an inherent hierarchy, an inherent hierarchy that is present, which is the reason I kind of struggle with wanting to nest with someone. I just don't um, want to have a level of expectations for myself personally, because I know I'll, it'll become problematic for me. And I don't want someone else to have a certain level of expectations on me because then I'll, I'll become rebellious and it becomes problematic. So I just know myself. And I think that's something that's really important. In polyamory, when you come into this relationship dynamic, you got to truly understand your, your, your securities, your insecurities, your values, your morals, your beliefs, what you hold to be true, what, is, what are some things that are indispensable in your life, you know, what is your framework for your civil rights, your human rights? I mean, these are all conversations that I have with me and I also like to have with partners additionally. So you can tell that you're a fully full on expert right now because you, you, you got everything down. You've got all the language down. You, you've got like your whole self figured out because, you know, honestly, we've been doing this a while ourselves and, you know, we... We have we have kind of an idea of what we're doing, you know. But you, you I love the fact that you like you know yourself and you know what you want and the kind of relationship that you're in and so on. Right. So all right. So you said you're queer. How does that kind of <laughs> manifest in your relationships? Like, how does that manifest in my relationship? Like how you practice poly? Is it that you're you know you're dating men, women, trans, non-binary, or you know? Yes. Okay. So just, <laughs> I'm just making sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know I, how that plays. I, um, I have... So fully romantic and sexual with all genders. Except cis-het men. Cisgendered heterosexual men. Okay. I have nothing against them. I have friends, don't I? <laughs> That's silly. No, but um, I, my, my erotic self um, what I'm attracted to erotic, erotically is um, dark skin, full-bodied femme. Um, I love I love the feminine, and if I date trans men, it's going to be probably more of the masculine, much more not so much androgynous, more very much more masculine mating. Yeah, so that's kind of how my erotic self goes. Yeah, but if I had to put a percentage to it, um, my preference, um, what I'm more attracted to, would be queer, black, full-bodied women. I love the emphasis on the full-bodied, you know. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Did that help? <laughs> yep, it helped a lot, helped a lot. Um, let's see. What else should I ask you? Now, which one of them can slide in your DMs, you know? Yeah. Oh, yes. Are you open to being, having your DMs slid into? Slide away. Yeah. You can, you can message me. I I don't, I love rubyjohnsonlcsw at gmail.com. You can, phone number 214-399-6286. 
<laughs> Whoa, she going all out. Listen, <laughs> it's not just an Instagram time. She's giving you the phone number and the email address. We will also make sure to include those in our show notes. But I'll do like a try to do like a cover thing of it. I don't know how I can. I'm probably just have to do like a strike through for the phone number itself, or maybe just don't put her phone number on the internet. That's also an idea. I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're queer. You're here. You're here, and you're queer. There we go. Um, when did you first realize that you were queer? Is it something you've known since you were a child, or something you fell into? Well, not fell into, but discovered more about yourself as an adult. Um, I did not take on the political aspect of being queer until like the last five years, three to five years, somewhere around there. Um, when I was six years old, I used to play with a little neighbor girl. We played Barbie and I was always the daddy. And so we did the, 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 the dry humping, but it was just kind of like part of the exploration piece. I didn't attach sexuality to it. And then as I got older, I was in sports, I played basketball, I ran cross country and et cetera. And I noticed that I would get fixated on the female body when I was in the locker room. And I would have to like look and turn my head away because in my household, you know, it was extremely homophobic. Um, and so it just wasn't something that was supported or normalized at all. And as I got older, I suppressed that piece of me. I still had, you know, when I looked at porn, it was, you know, I looked at the woman more than anything. Um, but it wasn't until I fully immersed myself into the poly world that I actually fully allowed myself to explore that part of my, my identity. I did have a girlfriend when I was 26, but it wasn't a girlfriend. It was a friend girl. You know, there is a difference. And so... All these technical we, terms. Right. <laughs> it was a friend girl, and I was like 26. But when I fully, like, unapologetically started identifying um, with my sexuality, uh, it was when I started identifying as pansexual, and that was probably 2011. I started doing that. Um, so, yeah. You know, my brain wanted to be like, oh, 2011, that's just the other day. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. No, that's like nine years ago now. Damn. Yeah. Man, getting old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was but, a long time ago. But we still don't talk about it in my family. It, it happens. We, we Trust me, as, as Jamaicans, we, we totally understand the family not supporting that kind of lifestyle. It's not that they don't, don't support, it's just that they just want to deny. Oh. Like when I when I, I tell my mom, you know, during this time, I said, Mom, I'm, I have um, a date with so-and-so. Oh, what does he do? I'm like, hmm. I said, Mom, he doesn't do anything. She goes, oh, what's on TV? I'm like, okay. <laughs> ah, I see. <laughs> that is yeah. simple. She's she's seventy, about to be seventy three. That's cool. She, she she good where she at. She good, right? You gotta meet them where they're at, right? Right. And I don't I don't have to like have this disclosure moment to my mom. I mean, it's all on my Facebook. She's volunteered at Poly Dallas Millennium. 
first two. She still doesn't think I'm polyamorous, even though I have an entire conference. She's gone to the keynote speakers. Wow, that is some proper denial. <laughs> yes. You are literally in charge. She will. She will support a whole that. community of people, and she's like, nah. She will support me to the end, but she will not speak into the universe what she is uncomfortable with, and I appreciate that. You know, that's how she's able to cope. But she will not deny anyone coming to her house. You know, she'll just be my friend girl. And yeah. And so, uh, I mean, I'm I'm 47, champ. So, my generationally, that's how it was coped with and dealt with. You know, I was talking to Jen this one time, you know, and she was talking about how her, we were on a date. I want to say that out loud, champ. Ooh, all these private matters. Please, go yeah. ahead. We were, I don't know anything we were, about this. We were on a date. Well, I, when I was describing what I liked, don't you think I was describing Jen? I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to go there, but, you know, I had, I had <laughs> the phone in my head, but, you know, I didn't want to, didn't want to, you know. He had an inkling of an idea, but he just didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now it's just confirmed. Yeah, it's confirmed. So I was... You know, we were talking and we were talking about, you know, how we grew up culturally, how it was different and which was amazing to me. And I was kind of kind of very envious of is that her mom looked at the L word, even though the L word is highly problematic. But her mom was looking at the L word when she was growing up. So it was kind of visible within the household and just her looking at that. And so, but I just thought it was really cool that she was able to have her mom, see her mom enjoying a show that identified with who she felt she was, you know? And I, I just think that is a huge gift. You know, her mom wasn't like, I mean, my mom, when she saw a woman kiss another woman, even if it was just friendly peck on the lips, ooh, that's nasty. So that was my message. I'm doing yeah. a lot of talk. No, but it, that's well, what you're here for. <laughs> what do you mean you're doing a lot of talking? That's kind of your entire purpose for being here. If you didn't talk, I'd be like, well, shit, what am I supposed to do now? I feel like I was harassing you if you didn't talk. So, yeah. Y'all, they're just perving on me. Both of them. Sitting here in this video chat, perving on my ass. That's not what's happening, right? We're just, you know, appreciating you for who you are in one particular way. You know, yeah. uh-huh. I see y'all. I see y'all. Now we're just looking at my boobs. That's fine. You know, back to the interview, guys. Now, um, let's tie this back into your job as a therapist. So, right now, you are a, you're specializing mainly in sex therapy. I right. relates to it like polyamory and non monogamous relationship, BDSM, mm-hmm. kinky spaces, right? So, is this obviously something you decided to do once you started exploring polyamory for yourself? Do you find that there are a lot of therapists who specialize in this thing, or is it that the, the number is very small? I think a lot of therapists think they can do this work with in open relationships without having the experience or the knowledge base beyond a textbook. Um, So there's a lot of people out there doing harm, but the ones who specialize within it and truly have an understanding, practical, 
knowledge-based, experiential, is small. Just like with kink BDSM. Oh, I went to school and I read a book on kink one-on-one. I'm very affirming with kink. Yes, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that number would be even like lower for, you know, any black therapists who actually know their stuff in regards to open relationships and stuff like that. Well, black therapists who, here's my experience. Most black therapists, if they are knowledgeable and experienced with it, they will say it and they won't lie about it. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, so I find that black therapists are a lot more willing to say what they can and cannot do. Because I think we're just, this is going to, well, fuck it. We're just more responsible <laughs> and, and accountable. <laughs> to it's fine, you can say it. Yeah, we are. We're, we're more responsible and accountable in our work. I mean, because we just have to mm-hmm. be. It just, it's we just how to. it is. Yeah, we have to be. I mean, you have to be twice as good to get half as far. So it's the same right. thing. I mean, my therapist is black, just so you know. I'm not in therapy right now because, you know, insurance and COVID. But, yeah, so my ther- my therapist is the black woman. But she said straight up, she's like, yeah, I'm not really, I don't, I'm not well-versed in the whole polyamory, non-monogamous shit. She's like, all I can say is that, are you sure you're not doing it because, you know, like you have commitment daddy issues? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is the whole, everyone has that. We're all, we all have daddy issues. We're, we're all there. Um, but she's like, are you sure it's not like your commitment issues or your fear of whatever, whatever, and any fear of relationships and ties into all these things. And I'm like, I mean, it could be, but I also shared a boyfriend with my friend when we were kids. So I kind of feel like this is where it's at. <laughs> and then she probably went, okay, there you go. Yeah, but she actually um, recommended Dr. Z's work to me. So okay. that's how she's like, listen, I don't know about this stuff, but Dr. Z knows this stuff. Here's there, Look up her name online. There's the articles. You can read the stuff and you can help figure yourself out. Zalika? You talking about Dr. Zalika? Oh, yeah. 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 Is she fine? Oh, she's fine as hell. And she was in, so on the women only event that you could not come to, Sham, because you're sadly not a woman, um, there, yeah, Dr. Z was there. And I was kind of like sliding into Dr. Not as a pervy slide, even though I kind of want to be a pervy slide. I was kind of like, oh my God, my so therapist told me about your work. <laughs> I love your work. Can we talk sometime? And she was like, yeah, sure. Here's my email. Just reach out to me. Haven't done it yet. I'm waiting for the right moment. Well, y'all are, y'all are both Jamaican. Yeah, exactly. Which is why also my therapist is also, her family is Jamaican. If she right. was born, like she's like first generation American. So it's kind uh-huh. of, yeah, I, I have a specific type of doctor that I try to go to. My right. gynecologist is a white lady though. I have two guys. One's a white lady, one's a white man. The white lady tells inappropriate jokes. So I like that. Uh-huh. But she, does, she doesn't tell it when she's checking the lady, but she waits till like after or like before we even get there. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I feel so, that would be awkward. It is <laughs> awkward. So my mom's gynecologist, sorry, mom, is a dude. And like he says really awkward things while he's examining you. And I think it's inappropriate. <laughs> so my gynecologist in Jamaica is a woman and she's all business. She's just like flip up, spread wider, deep breath. Okay, cool, done. And she then we'll have a regular conversation afterwards. She's like, about it. But to so the white lady that I go to here, uh, and I, I, it's really funny. Like I went not for my most recent checkup, but be in the past, 
I got and she was like, oh, so what's new with you? What's going on? I'm like, oh, you know, not having sex. I haven't had sex in several months. She's like, well, why not? That's horrible. I'm so sorry to hear that. And I was like, damn, bitch. <laughs> you gonna do me like that? You're sorry to hear that? You're sorry to hear that? She is pitying you. <laughs> she pitied me while I was naked on her table. With my legs <laughs> open. Like, like, you're like, bitch, handle it then. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Maybe she was just saying, like, it's unfortunate. You got all this good pussy and you know, no one to give it to. Right. right. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, either way, it's just like, okay. Like, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. I just wanted to share that, that, you know, black doctors matter because that's the thing. They do matter a lot. Black doctors matter. Uh, did you transition to sex therapy? Is transition to sex therapy something you always had planned to do? Or is it just something that, especially with the kinky polyam stuff, that's how it came about? No. Um, no. <laughs> the reason I say that is because my original, I became a social worker. Well, I was going to, I wanted to be a licensed chemical dependency counselor. But then someone says, don't do that, go to social work. So in grad school, I concentrated for nonprofits, communities, and administration. That didn't happen. I segue into mental health. Um, I stayed in mental health. I ended up in administration. I got tired of working for the systems. I decided to go into private practice and my practicum where I did my fellowship or internship was at a practice um, for someone who works with sex addiction. And I'm all about getting all the certifications for everything. And so while I was getting my certification for sex addiction, because I was not that well informed at that time, um, that sex was a whole other conversation. Someone said, someone told me to go to this other conference where you can get your certification in sex therapy. And so that's when the full shift happened was after I went to that conference back in 2015. And then I started getting all of my education and realized just because you are polyamorous doesn't mean that you can get therapy for polyamory people, right? It, it, it's, it's, it doesn't, it helps but it doesn't line up. So I had to get a whole lot of education in that. And then, so yeah, because what they teach you in school about doing couples work and family work is for white heterosexual couples and families and doing this work for polyamorous within the polyamorous community is a whole different monster. That's why I say not everyone can do it because it's actually education to do it. That was, a, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, every time you describe anything that you do, it's like, wow, she's so, like, not only well-read, but I like the, the fact that you had the proper mindset to just be like, yeah, you got to know, you can't just be poly and give advice. You got to have all the information. You got to, you know, study up. So, just so professional. I love it. Like, if y'all need a therapist, I would say go to, go to you. <laughs> oh, Shem, I love you. I like him better than you, Jen. I'm teasing. 
I, okay, so Ruby saw my face. I didn't. It wasn't a bad face. I was gonna say something very rude, and I decided not to. Why not? We've been being rude all night. I mean, I was gonna say, but you prefer this bomb pussy, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big it from this. Yep, yeah, that's true. Yep. Oh damn. Yeah. You know Let me. I'll be the adult this time, and, and bring us back to the interview. All right, so I guess we should go to the, you know, the, the big. The big thing beside your name, which is Polly Dallas Millennium. Like, what yeah. can you tell us about that whole um, story Dallas, about that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, Polly Dallas Millennium is a symposium, and a symposium is different than a conference in that it is concentrated, one topic focused on nominating. Um, and so, all of our workshops, everything is centered around folks of color who are non-binary, trans, gender queer, queer, who are in non-monogamous relationships structure, um, love styles, however you want to phrase it. And so Poly Dallas started out as a platform to educate other therapists, etc. because here in Dallas, Texas, where I'm at, it's very conservative and people were coming and saying that they were not being treated well. They would go to find a therapist and they would tell them they were polyamorous and they would tell them, well, if you stop being polyamorous, your relationship and your life would be all wonderful. And so they were also were not versed in kink and BDSM. And so the same thing would, ha would happen. And so I started Poly Dallas. It wasn't called Poly Dallas at that time, but I started my first event was a six-hour workshop to educate professionals. And then the feedback at that workshop was that we needed to make it longer and we needed to involve more of the community within it. So my partner and I, he decided to go a different direction and I decided to carry on with what the people were asking. And so the people wanted a day and a half, so I did a day and a half and we had a lot more around community education, people coming in from the community. We had people come in from um, all over the place to speak. And so it went from a day and a half to two days to two and a half days. It went from 35 people in my office upwards who were anticipating 300 this past summer event, which is not going to happen. It's happening in the fall. So it's a whole lot of education for the community, for professionals. Um, we do original research, so we educate all day, and then we party at night. I mean, it's, it's a great event. It's a whole lot of fellowship, a whole lot of people who do not see themselves represented at other conferences, other poly conferences. Um, it's one of the first, it is the first that actually had the focus that it has, and it's really stilly, still the first that is as social justice and professional development oriented, but the feedback is that it is nice to go to an event to where it's just not 10 black people, but it's more like 20 white people and everybody else is, you know, black and brown. Yeah, that sounds great. It sounds like like uh, PDM was basically the solution to the problem you brought up earlier of like therapists not being educated and so on. Mm -hmm. Sounds perfect. And then but like I said, it grew to just being more inclusive of the whole community. Right, right, exactly. All these wonderful things happening over there, and I was like, damn, I wish I could go, but, yeah. you know. Well, you can come. It's going to be online. All right, yes. 
since, since that, so. we have to um, postpone, well, basically cancel our in-person event, which was scheduled for the end of July. And so we moved it to November the 6th through the 8th. So we're going to have something, because it's going to be online, so we can be bigger, better, have all these. I've been having meetings after meetings after meetings with all of these people. This is actually the first podcast I get to hear this announcement, by the way. Ooh, exclusive. Yeah, this is an exclusive. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, okay. Uh, I love it. We're going to have content, and we're going to have workshops, and we're going to have, like, different events that we're going to be doing. We're going to have just, like, different social events. We're going to have different, just different things that is going to be around socializing and building community on a... Um, as much of a daily basis as possible because that allows sitting online in front of zoom for six seven hours a day sucks i do it right well not like my clients suck just want to let you know that client but sitting on in front of zoom it's it's you can't stay engaged and it could be uncomfortable it could be draining we want this to be fun and as much as possible we want to build community in an online virtual space with as much interactive games that are part of our community as possible. But I would like it to be as much flavor because we can reach more international. We just are, we have big brand ideas. And so that's what's probably Dallas, our fifth anniversary in 2020 is going to be the shift. And I just met with the marketing guy, and we're going to start blasting. Y'all the first to know. The world will know Polly Dallas is back. And y'all know before that. So what you're yeah, saying so the- is that we have to get this episode out tonight. <laughs> 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 no. Yeah, that's great. I think that's really that good. Up. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So it's been a lot of stuff happening in the background. And, of course, I've already asked Monogamish podcast if they would be a part of our event maybe do a live podcast at the event with your own panel of your creation um i can get some black queer feminists i got a list that i'm putting together right now the black queer feminists that are actor and active but no one knows that they're non-monogamous but they are you know and get some of those people to be a part of it because we are very political and so much of being queer and non-monogamous it's political. It's an act of resistance. I mean, being black is political as hell. Being a black right. person who loves is political as hell. So yeah, our entire existence is political. I am all on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping that like maybe y'all pick a, you know, and. Imagine or, I'm here just thinking like, all right, cool. I get to um, attend this conference. Like, wait, no, you you you're a part of the conference. Like, oh. You are uh, a, you are right. a part of history. You will monogamish will be a part of Polly Dallas history. As the first live podcast, because I haven't asked any other one, the first live podcast to happen at our first online event, which will probably be what we'll do from this point forward. Making so much history today. (laughs) Yeah, we're making history. We got the news first. We're going to be the first to do this event. It's going to be great. Uh, So when this episode comes out, I guess everybody will have kind of figured out by then. But uh, yeah, yeah. no, it's it's still good. I'm glad that you asked us. Uh, You know, 
I I personally am ha- asking is you know in quotation marks I am happy to <laughs> to be a part of this. I feel like Sham Sham looks cheesing over there. He looks pleased. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely happy. Like oh wow, you get to be part of something big. Yeah, and I want to um, now we get to be celebrities. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, it is perfectly timed because that is also our presidential election week. So people are going to need yeah. distractions. Oh, they man. will. Yeah, they November. Some, yeah. Something happy to look forward to in the evening. <laughs> I, I mean, say that because that's facts. <laughs> that's facts on there. I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I cannot vote, right? I cannot vote. So it's not that I don't want to. I just cannot. And uh, the candidate that I would have wanted to vote for mm-hmm. is um, not in the presidential race. So that's awkward for many reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm on, uh, well, y'all know what train I'm on. I think it's pretty obvious what train we're on. I don't think we need to say it explicitly, but, uh, yeah, we all know where we're at. And the one, one of the candidates, you know, um, has Adams. I can't think of Adams, the, um, the, the black lady. Oh, Stacey Abrams. Yeah. Stacey Abrams. Abrams, Yes. Yes. Did you know Um, Stacey Abrams is a romance author? Did you know that? Oh, she is. Yep, yep, Stacey Aaron's written romance novels before. So that's a fun fact. You guys know I find a way to bring romance into many things. <laughs> um, and uh, since Ruby wants to write erotica, then this is the perfect opportunity to talk about romance novels, just saying. Uh-huh. So Sham looks like he's about to tune out. He's he's done with me. <laughs> no, I'm no, going to have to look this up. Yeah, no, yeah. Stacey Aaron used to write romance novels. That's a thing. So actually, I can't remember when she was running for... Was governor of Georgia, right? That she was running for, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it came up in her, you know, cycle after she lost, quote unquote, uh-huh. the election. People brought it up, and I mean, it's it's a very cute fact. I have read her books, <laughs> and um, I want to read that leadership book she wrote. Have you read that one? She wrote a book on leadership. I have not, because I'm going to be honest. I don't read a lot of nonfiction if it's not relationship related. So if it's not about polyamory. Or, you know, Esther Perel's, whatever. I don't read a lot of nonfiction. I will watch a documentary, especially if it's about music, but I'm not really a nonfiction reader. Right. Maybe the next time um, I'm on your show, hint, hint, closer to Polly Dallas, hint. Oh, you know, we were, I mean, it was already on the books to bring you back. You know, Shaq <laughs> can tell you, literally, my notes say bring her back closer to PDM. So this is already going to happen, no matter what you thought. <laughs> okay so yes let's see so i of course we you and i have a patreon conversation that's going to be released sometime that people will know about um we're going to dive a bit deeper into something that you discussed here but i feel like uh it, should give, it orgasms? Uh, <laughs> it might be orgasms or it might be about the fetishization of racism in the polyamorous community okay yes. Slightly. yeah See? Slightly less sexy, <laughs> but nonetheless relevant. Um, you know, just just saying. I mean, is there anything else that you want to share with us tonight on the pod? Um, no, other than I hope to see y'all. See, um, I have air quotes going up um, at Polly Dallas Millennium. Uh, you can follow us at Instagram at Polly Dallas Millennium, Twitter at Polly Dallas. Facebook, Polly Dallas, 
other than that, I think this has been a blast. I've had a good time. My nerves eased up after the first five minutes, so thank you, y'all, for helping create a cool environment for me to be myself. And that's it. Thank you. You had nerves. What nerves? You were so, like, uh-huh. calm and cool this whole time. Uh-huh. And, and again, the first five minutes, I'm pretty sure that's when the, the, the orgasm conversation came up. So, you know, <laughs> that's why you're always nervous. Good God. Of course, we want to thank Ruby, Ruby Rue, for coming out and talking to us. We really appreciate it. And we can't wait to bring you back again for another thank conversation you. very soon. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, we want to thank Ruby Bowie Johnson for recording with us. Just so you guys, if you didn't figure that out, we actually recorded this interview on the 4th of July. We've kind of been sitting on it, yeah. holding it, like just over a month to give it to you guys at just the right moment. And yeah. it is the right moment. Yes, it is. PDM, online, <laughs> November 6th through 8th. And because tickets are on sale and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, it's, it's the perfect time to do all of this. Yeah, and you know, we're, well, we're going to be involved somehow. We're not... Sh- entirely sure right now because you know things uh, be happening we're, 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 we're involved we're involved we're gonna be there we want you to be there too yeah um, support, support our friends yeah support our friends and just so you guys know if you didn't know already on our patreon because we have a patreon patreon.com slash monogamish pod ruby was on a bonus episode for our patreon where we dived a bit deeper into the orgasm conversation I'm talking about other stuff too, but the orgasm conversation was like super important. Yes, so, orgasms are super important. Make sure yeah, they're with you. Guys are not on our Patreon, like uh, become a patron. Become a patron today. Today we start as low as three dollars a month. You can support us. You want us to keep making great, kinky, funny, hilarious, sexy content for you guys, and also vaguely informative. That's where you do it. You support us there. Boom. And the Patreon is the easiest place to be friends of benefits with Jen because that's one of our tiers. Yes. Yes, friends of benefits, it's a tier. I mean, you could also be a lover, but like, do you have what it takes to be a lover? Let's think about that for a second. I mean, don't I gotta get with your friends? Is that not how that works? What about your friends? Okay, sorry. See? See I you, went, I, you took the wrong song, the whole thing. I know, but I made it through almost the whole thing without singing. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's impossible. That's not gonna happen. That's I know. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, here I am. This is what we're doing. And so I feel as if now is the time we drop our socials and stuff, right? Is that it? Yep. That's that's where we do that. <laughs> so follow okay. us at Monogamish Pod on Twitter, Monogamish mm-hmm. Pod on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Most security by Jen. <laughs> Um, no. yes, yes, Instagram, yes, but not the Twitter. Sham's on Twitter too. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I said mostly, mostly. Uh, Nagamish Pod on, am I forgetting anywhere else? I mean, the, the, the website, monogamishpod.com. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, we're going to remember, but it's monogamishpod.com. Occasionally we update our SoundCloud. We, we are really bad at it. I'm because, pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, at least I have one episode there. I made, up, I made sure of that this time. Listen, I'm, I'm a level with you guys, right? SoundCloud, they only allow you to put a certain amount of minutes on there without paying a shit ton of money. Yeah, and you know, we're not about that life. We're, I mean, we are about that life, but also not about that yeah. life. Yeah, we want to provide the, con- the content for you. Yeah. Just like, in the easiest way possible just, for us. 
Yeah, just not that expensively. So if someone would like to do it for us, I would not say no to that. Mm-hmm. Donate to our friends and family at Monogamish Pod. Yeah. To Jen- so we can do that to make it easier for you. We'll take it. We'll do it. Um, and if you do that, actually, if you do that, I will make sure that you get featured on an episode. Oh, wow. Look at that. In some capacity, you will be here. And it will be like not a 30 second thing either. It'll be like five whole minutes. You get five minutes on the pod with Jen. Look at Jen just, 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 just handing out gifts like Christmas time. It's Christmas in, oh, it's not July. We're not Christmas now. in August. It still counts. No, it still counts. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so you know said soundcloud we of course you know apple Podcasts, google podcast all the other wonderful podcast platforms yeah Spotify, stitcher anchor is where we host so you'll always find us on anchor yes of course. um if you check our show notes actually i've started embedding the podcast audio on our show notes page also so if you like to listen and read at the same time on the same page that's also an option look at all that <laughs> hard work jen's doing for you it should be so great Me being a tech smart tech smart and knowing shit and uh, once again, of course, we want to thank Alt Playground, our sponsor, Ruby Johnson. Uh, Millennium. Like, Alt Playground.net is super great. They've been super lovely to us. And I think that Ruby and uh, ABG also had a conversation or agreement thing going because I saw a banner for Pi.Las Millennium on the APG website. So, oh, look at yeah, that. Great. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Are we are we happy about that? Because we know how you feel about your friends talking to your other friends without you. Like, you know. <laughs> nah, it's good. It's this good. Time I'll good. Play this time good. No jealousy this time. Okay. No jealousy. Yeah. That's that jealousy. See? Mm. Ah, so close. Anyway, guys, once again, thanks for tuning in with us. I'm Jen. Oh, I'm Sham. And, and we're monogamous. We're monogamous. I'll see you. Until then, bye.